Last week, on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked Poldark Season 3, Episode 7. In that episode, we found out that Morwenna was pregnant with Whitworth's child. That's, that's a real shame for her. Uh, and then, also, Demelza and Armitage, they got closer. That guy is super interested in her. Spicy. Uh, and then, also, poor uh, Agatha. She passed away, but she did deliver a bombshell to George. Uh, and that his child may not be his. And we'll see how all that plays out and more this week on Lords of Grantham Podcast. And we're, we're nearing the end of season three. Lords of Grantham podcast, how's it going, Corey? It's going okay. End of nearly the end of season three of Poldark, season three, episode eight. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like we we've been we've been touching on it the past couple weeks. Heat wave is over. Is it for over now? <laughs> it, it, it had a break. It's today. over in Connecticut. It's been like the longest stretch of heat that I can remember. But yeah, we're not sweating today. <laughs> no, for concerned no. listeners, it's in the 70s today. Right now in Connecticut, so it's very comfortable, Breezy. enjoyable. I would, I might even say, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, what else is going on in the world? Uh, nothing. Anything going on in the world of Downton and? Uh... Yeah. Well. Okay. Let's go. Let's hear it. You, there's something. What is it? Hugh Bonneville has written a book called "Playing the Piano." Uh, that is uh, coming out later this year, and uh, he's going to he's going to hit the road for it. He's going to do a, to- a tour around uh, England for oh just England. Uh, yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dates uh, lined up for him to where he's just going to be talking to the the crowd and stuff about his book. Wow, is it a memoir? Is it a novel? Uh, he shares tales from his career and opens up about, yeah, opens up about writing his memoir. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's his, it's his, it's a biography. It's from Downton to Darkest Peru. That's what it says. Wow. I guess we're going to wow. have to have I'm, mandatory reading yes, of this. I am excited about this. Oh man, the audiobook of that is going to be great. <laughs> That's fantastic. Playing under the piano. And so if you're in, in England, he will be coming to a, a town near you. Yeah, there will be him. there will Let's be a live stream, up. by the way, October fifteenth. If we want to catch that, something tells me if he's if he's on a book tour, he'll come to the states. And something tells me if he comes to the states, he'll come to New York. So, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't want to jinx it. But there will be at least a live stream if we want to. If you want to catch that, October fifteenth, uh, seven thirty p.m. London time, I guess. Yeah. So let's do it. Well, we'll try. <laughs> yeah. Um. Aside from that, the, the the Crown announced that they will shut down filming if the Queen dies. That's the, what that's what the producers plan to do if that happens. Who cares? <laughs> Gotta have a plan, just in case. You never know. <laughs> Anything to keep it in the headlines. Uh, sure. <laughs> meanwhile, uh, a Gilded Age uh, manor 
uh, has just hit the market in Connecticut. This just came up in my search for, for Gilded Age stuff, but uh, in New Canaan, there's a Stonelay Manor built in 1903, so if you wanted a Gilded Age type of home that you saw on HBO, there you go. Just probably drops some in serious Connecticut, point let's, uh, pa- Patrons, help us come up with a mortgage payment. It originally listed for $5.5 million. It's since been reduced to $5.2 million. So it's, it's coming to us. So that 300 G's is really bank, breaking the bank. Yeah. So we only really need like 1.2 mil for a decent down. Maybe we uh, can call up uh, Adam Van Gooken from uh, uh, High Clear Castle Gin to help us out. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, the Connecticut Insider just did a, a piece on them. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people have done pieces on Adam Van Gooken, but... Mm-hmm. Our sort of a hometown newspaper finally caught wind of them. Yeah, Connecticut. Uh, they they wrote up a nice article about how the, everything we've told you on the podcast about the High Clear Castle gin and cigars. That it's a, business is booming for them. Fantastic. Well, I think we should get into this poll dark episode. If there's nothing else, well, last thing. Oh, uh, one more. One more thing. One more Uh-oh. thing. The Gilded Age is out on DVD. So if you don't stream HBO and you don't like to have a streaming service. You can purchase the DVD. Great. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that, that's all you need to know, man. All right. Okay. So, Pole Dark Season 3, Episode 8. We get, uh, I think we can officially say mm-hmm. the cliffs are not where we open every episode. Wasn't there a brief shot at the top of this episode of some cliffs? Just briefly. This star- starts in the graveyard, this episode. Yeah, well, I thought there was a brief shot of cliffs, but then we're in the graveyard immediately. It's like, let's not waste any time there. Storms are brewing. Get home quick. There's no gravestone here for Aunt Agatha. Yeah, just a wooden cross. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Yeah. And we see, well, which direction do we want to go? Do we want to talk about Elizabeth and George? Do we want to talk about Morwenna and Whitworth? Uh, do we want to talk about Ross and Demelza? Uh, let's talk about, let's get Whitworth out of the way. You know what's really getting to me about this guy? Aside from him being the most detestable person to exist in ever, just period, this guy's hor- horrible. The sounds he makes throughout the show, <laughs> just involuntary, just like, <laughs> yeah, keep it in your pants, dude. He can't, he can't. Um, so... Morwenna uh, is still very pregnant at the top of this episode. Mm-hmm. And he won't stop hooking up with her, even though she's about to, to have the child. Yeah, despite uh, some some warnings from the doctor. Dr. Ennis says uh, his substantial physique mm-hmm. is, is putting his child's life at risk. <laughs> he literally says, you'll crush your child. <laughs> <laughs> and And... Poor old Ozzy is like, so you just expect me to abstain? And, and Dr. Dwight's like, you're a priest. Abstinence should be no hardship. <laughs> right? This, this is just part of your lifestyle, vicar. Uh, but no, this guy, he, he doesn't he doesn't fool around. He wants it. Um, and I think we're told, yeah, he still go, goes at it with her. He still... He still mm-hmm. And she's she's hates it. She there's I don't I, yeah. I don't think that uh, Elise Ch- Chapel or Ch- Chappelle, who plays Morwenna, mm-hmm. 
is is doing a very good job of being just totally destroyed as a human being physically and emotionally. Yeah. And we see that Roella is starting to to continue to do what we should what she did last time. She gives which is she gives the eyes at uh Whitworth. Shows the feet. And she's like yeah, showing the the, the shooed feet. Mhm. And he just makes those involuntary sounds to her like <laughs> And then peeps through through and we see walls. That he, yeah, he see that he sees the hole in the wall where the, where the boy can see it all. How many holes does this man have in his walls, and how many rooms is this wall are his walls connected to? He can see into her room. He can see into her her bathtub room. He can see every which way in this whole house. It's all around his room. I'm assuming maybe the bathtub. There's no plumbing, so the bathtub probably just gets filled and emptied. Yeah. So maybe it's in the same room. Either way, this man is just peeping. He's having a rough go keeping his uh well and, and we see that Roella, whether or not she, she's aware, is kind of what's teeing up his hormones as far as him getting a little riled up to go be with Morwenna. I get the sense she's aware that he's watching. You, you, he, she can hear those sounds. He he's creeping, but he ain't keeping it on the down low. Cause he's just Oh, I mean, especially as the episode progresses, but yeah. I don't know if she knows that immediately. These are basically going, you know, like she shows a little bit of ankle and then he goes and and has sex with Morwenna against her will. Yeah. Yeah, he rapes her, essentially. I mean, he does. He rapes her. Yeah, basically. Uh, So, anyways, we see uh, Morwenna in this episode. She's in grave pain. Gotta call the doctor. Dwight's gotta come back. Mm -hmm. The baby is coming. And she's in such pain, her life is at risk. Mm-hmm. And what does what does Ozzy do? He prays that you know if she dies, it's okay. <laughs> he'll 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 make do, pretty much. He seems excited that she's going to die. Yeah, because he thinks this like opens a clear lane for him to hook up with her sister. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, if and he, we see that Ro- Roella. A, yeah. Is it? overhears him praying and is basically like hey excuse me Mm -hmm. yeah if you ordain me i should be single again guide me to a suitable replacement and then he turns around and roella's there and it's like ah get out of here dude this is disgusting Mm -hmm. by the way he's also trying to uh position himself for uh, a job because we see him talking to george earlier in this episode uh, about how there's a, a reverend who is deceased, and for 200 pounds a year he could get that role. Uh, maybe he could get George's way in his favor. It's like this guy does not deserve to have a job that pays him 200 dollars to speak about mm-hmm. God. He is not a man of God. He's a creep. Yeah, and this does this episode start with him preaching too? Like he's yeah, he's a very tough uh, character to have in in the kayfabe of Poldark. He's very frustrating and evil and, and bad disgusting just straight up disgusting because uh, Morwenna has the child and she lives she, she survives and he's disappointed when Dwight tells him <laughs> as much uh, he's like oh she she made it Dwight's like yeah, yeah dude what? and he, he's asking all these questions and then he's like well when do I get to see my son like his he brushes it off at the uh, at the last minute to try to make it like he didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, because the way he says serious, you know, the way Dwight says it, Miss Whitworth is sweep, is sleeping. She survived. Yeah, 
God, yeah, get out, get out of here, get get him out of here. Um, and Dwight's just like, man, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, Dwight, you can't stand it. At one point, he has it. He we see him in like a meeting with. He goes to Ross's mind, and, he, and Ross is like, "What'd you get up to today?" And he's like, "I literally can't tell you, but I really wish I could." Yeah, dude. Uh, and he advises though that Whitworth has to take six months off or six weeks off mm-hmm. from any relations with his wife. Keep practicing the abstinence, mm-hmm. bro. Keep it in your pants. Uh, he doesn't take that advice. Whitworth goes right back to no. And, and the yeah, so the horrible thing is just seeing Marwana tell him no, I no, and he doesn't resist. And he's like, "Let's say a prayer," and that's his sort of uh, his code words intro word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, spoiler alert: our, our pal, return of the century, Jeffrey Charles comes out of the carriage. Yeah, and they all go to see. Marwenna and Rowella and Ozzy mm-hmm. and Elizabeth is like something is seriously going on with this boy and with Jeffrey Charles no with, with, with Whitworth um, er, with Whitworth and with Marwenna and, and they're walking and, and Whitworth is like they, they have a conversation where Elizabeth says you you need to lay off her and mm-hmm. you need to call the doctor now and and uh, Whitworth basically says, "Like, calm down. Like, she's just putting on a show for you." And Elizabeth says, "If you don't do it, I'm going to do it." Yeah. And that's the bottom line. I, I love the way they and, they tee up the scene where Whitworth says, "You find us in excellent health," and Elizabeth's like, "No, dude, we're not. Your your wife is not in excellent health." Uh, and she's like, "Why aren't you just consulting with Dwight?" To which. Uh, Whitworth says, "Well, the expenses are, are too high," and, and so Elizabeth says, "I will pay for it, dumbass. <laughs> like, what do you want from me, man? Like, uh, unbearable." She'll send for Ennis. So yeah, and then Ennis says, "Like, he's starting to get heated. He's like, you need to stop." I, I like that she's like, "I'll send for for Dwight." Smash cuts to the next scene. Dwight's already there. Uh, can I ask you a delicate question? Do, and does he? Does he do that thing that I'm thinking he's doing to you? Yeah. So he then confronts Whitworth and tells him, knock it off. <laughs> it, he's like, you're going to kill her. <laughs> straight up. Which... Do you think this is how his last wife died? Potentially. I mean, because the way he seemed so just blasé to the way she pa- the, to her passing when they, we first meet him, mm-hmm. entirely possible. This guy does not care about anyone else, so... I don't know. Yeah. But we see pretty much at that moment, Rowella knows what she... Ro, Rowella? Rowena? Is it Cruella? I just don't want to keep saying it wrong. No, it, it's, it's Rowella. Rowella. Okay. Rowella. Rowella basically says... But I keep wanting to say Cruella. You know, yes. But she's not cruel. She's helping her sister, she's hopefully. not in a Disney movie. No. Not at all. Okay. She sees the writing on the wall, not not before Ozzy does something that I'm sure hurt you to your core, where he says, no library books in this house. I don't believe in libraries. Yeah, that and there's no value to get from learning things. <laughs> Rowella is basically like, come into my room, Ozzy. And then she seduces him. We don't what? know how far it goes. You skipped over the one moment what, what where she's in the tub. 
and he peeps on her, and he can't even contain himself, so he has to go hit up uh, uh, Morwenna again. He he hook, he has sex with her again, even though she doesn't want it because he just can't. Mm-hmm. He's got. I, I don't want to say it, but he he's just you know turned on by her he's sister. Riled up. <laughs> just disgusting, reprehensible, and yeah. So. But yeah, as you said, she she seduces him on his lap, and I'm just curious to see where this goes. Is she actually? Oh, she's seducing him. She's she's showing out. Is she interested in Whitworth, or is she trying to do something here where she tames him? I think she's trying to to. Something tells me these two. She's acting on behalf of Morwenna, and Ozzy is. is something's going to happen to Ozzy. <sighs> Man, yeah. Well, we'll see where this goes. Yeah, and that's how we leave that. Just disgusting, dude. He's always sweating too. He's so sweaty. Oh, he's got like the worst flop sweat, and his hair is made for it. Do you think it's like a wrestler where before he comes on screen, they just drop some water on his head before he comes on screen? Some baby oil just to make him glisten. <laughs> yeah, it's not natural to look like that. He is such a bad character that it, that I totally understand why Christian Brassington, the actor who played him, went through such a radical physical transformation after playing this character. Just get away from from that whole. Get away from this this terrible monster man it's so gross yeah man he looks like a toad straight up yeah now speaking of men of god i think we can take a nice little uh detour to sam and emma oh yeah sam is doing the classic uh schoolboy thing where he stares down a girl but doesn't say how he feels and just hopes that maybe something will happen mm-hmm but every time they talk and he, he just fumbles the conversation and says but god by talking about god <laughs> He's like that kid that goes to church too much and only can talk about church. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, what'd you get up to today? Well, the the Lord's blessing shone upon me this morning, and it was a delightful. It's like, all right, enough. I don't want to deal with this. Also, do you ever get the sense that sometimes Sam and Drake, they don't sound related? Like Sam has a different accent going on than Drake does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the what, what you were just saying, the way you're just talking. It's like, yes, God, I, I can't, I can't talk like him, <laughs> but. Drake just like, seems so like Sam is a little bit more like Bob Dylan. <laughs> a little bit. Drake is a little bit more straight down the line, where Sam's just like, my God, you know, I I can't do voices to save my life. But Drake is definitely more of an everyman, and I think they're trying to separate the two of them as Sam is kind of a lost philosopher, yeah, and an idealist. Yeah. He took like creative writing in high school, and Drake took shop. Mm-hmm. So. Effectively, yeah. So I do like that. We so he's pretty much that's the whole story. Is he's watching her around town. We do get a scene of her at the bar where she's talking with Tom Harry, which tells you a lot about the type she hangs around. I love that the writers thought of this. Like, you know, who would be good to to tell you more about who, what kind of person she is? Show Tom Harry hanging around her. I think that that's such a great little moment too, because Tom Harry is a straight up enemy of yeah, Folly, her father. Mm-hmm. But you know, she's attractive. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Sam Sam comes up with the most wonderful idea he's ever had, mm-hmm. which is to propose to this woman. <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, he's just following her around. She's like, why, why do you keep following me? Uh, well, well, what if I wed you? <laughs> that would have bad, 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 bad. Like, That's are you all, crazy? Uh, She's like, I drink, I cuss, I, I screw around with boys. Like, Yeah, she rolls in the field. You want to marry me? And he's like, I'll make a, man, a woman of God out of you. And she's like, I don't want to be a woman of God. Like, <laughs> Can't you understand to leave me alone? Don't you, like, ever, did you ever consider, I like to be dirty? 
<laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and Sam's like, I don't know. <laughs> and Sam, and Sam's she, like, I'm out of ideas here. I, I don't know how to win her over. <laughs> You're telling me God's not working? So, yeah. Poldark's a very like pro atheism show. They make all the men of of the clergymen out to be doofuses and idealists with no success. Or monsters in the case of, of Whitworth. Mm-hmm. The first priest we see is basically paid off by George and boots people from his church. Then we see Whitworth, who is a terrible man, a rapist and, and uh, you know, impure of mind. And Sam is so idealistic on the other side that he just can't understand human interaction. Meanwhile, Agatha's playing tarot cards and has the upper hand on everyone. <laughs> she knows exactly what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Uh, lives almost to be 100 years old. Yeah. It's uh yeah, interesting interesting piece going on there. And even then they've had that conversation too, like Ross, are you a man of God? And he's like, well, let's not go there. Let's not play our <laughs> let's not be too obvious about where we are with this. Um That's very it is a very interesting thing because I don't think any of the other shows have even dabbled in that. Yeah. It must be in the text, it must be in the books. <laughs> in the, oh, in the in the, the text. Not, not, yes. not in the Bible, but the The sacred text Paul Dark books. Right. The, the actual books themselves. Uh, so that's uh, Sam Karn this week. Meanwhile, we, yeah. we should mention that uh, Jeffrey Charles tells Drake Karn that, oh yeah, she had the baby. I, I can deliver a message for you. And he does. Yep. And he gives her one of the like coins that he's made. Yeah, like one of those pendant things that he, he's, because he's a fine smith now. Uh, yeah, and, and Jeffrey Charles needs to check his privilege because... He says to Drake that he is going to grow up and make Drake move in with him and be his squire. Drake's got like eight years on this kid, if not more. Yeah. He's got a successful and business. He's, I mean, he's business is not necessarily booming, but he's got a place to go. He's, yeah. He is tied to money. The Ross has money. Ross isn't like poor. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Charles is like, nah, nah, dude. You're going to come live with me, just be my boy, and be employed by me. And Drake is like, I'm doing fine, man. Eh, you know, childhood and <laughs> missions. Cut me a know. little slack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what was it? There's... The Ro- I feel like the the the, the Ross, Demelza, George, Elizabeth tie together. So, we can kind of just tackle that as one sure. big... Well, Tail. Dwight is making house calls this episode. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So he, he uh, visits upon George. Uh, because jo- George took what Aunt Agatha said to heart. Yeah, that the child may not actually be his. And so he's consulting with Dwight, and he wants to know, like, did when that baby came out, did it look like an eight-month-old baby or a nine-month-old baby? And Dwight says, <laughs> I don't know, man. That was, <laughs> that was a while ago. I was busy. But... Just for reference's sake, Dwight doesn't know about Ross and Elizabeth. No, he does not. So, but he's still like, okay, George, I, I'll tell you what I can, but that's all I can say. Yeah, man, I, I don't, I, you think about it too, like, we don't see Dwight's day-to-day, and he's been to war since then, right? I mean, he he's, was held captive. Uh, he's been to war, we see he's still working with people with the black lung, he's still like actively... Helping people. You think he's going to recall that, George? Come on, man. That was like years ago at this point. Straight up years ago. 
Yeah, like at least two years. I mean, as Ross says at this in this episode when he sees Elizabeth, it's been years since we saw each other. Uh, so you think yep. Dwight remembers what that baby looks like? You're gonna have to pay pay out George to help uh, conjure up some of his memory. Hmm. Uh, but of course, Dwight cannot say anything to anyone else because he's a, he's a gentleman and, and a doctor. He's a sworn to secrecy, Hippocratic oath, or whatever it is. And that's why when uh, Ross is like, "What's going on, Dwight?" Dwight's like, "You don't you don't want to know, man. I can't. If you I can't tell know, you. <laughs> if only." Yeah. Uh. So, anyways, Ross comes home after uh, at the beginning of this episode. He sees a fancy horse there, real pretty looking horse. Yep, for a real pretty looking boy. Armitage. Armitage, he's there, and we see Garrick this time too. He's just running around. Oh yeah, Ross, Ross makes some reference to like, "Oh, did you come to see my dog? <laughs> Get him, boy!" And then Garrick starts mauling uh, Armitage. Uh. But, yeah, uh, Armitage is, is just coming around to visit on the regular now, and Prudy on the side is telling uh, Demelza, you should be rolling in the hills w- with him. Do it. <laughs> yeah, Prudy, I mean, we know what comes later, but Prudy is definitely, I think she's lashing out, at, you know, she's, I'm woman, hear me roar, because her man disappeared in the night. Hmm. I think she's just, she just wants something. You know, she wants to see some action. Yeah, I, I feel like I never get... I get the imp- impression that there's some frustration between Ross and Demelza, but we got that moment a couple weeks ago where they were laying in bed together and Ross was like, can't we just be content? And Demelza's like, we are content right now. So I feel like their ups and downs are very normal for a married couple with kids and a career. I mean, yeah, at the end of the last episode, things seemed a little bit more dire than they do at the beginning of this episode. Where, yeah, Demelza literally crumbles up the picture that Arbinage drew and throws it into the cliff. Yeah, she's not going to go through with hooking up with this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it, it's winter time this episode again. You, you notice that in one scene, it's like snowing. We're already back to like winter time season in the show. <laughs> uh, it's moving like like early Downton. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, but anyways, though, I feel like. We can just kind of breeze over the political plot because it's a bit of a rehash of last, the last time this happened. There is some uh, progress with it where we see them motioning to vote on uh, candidates uh, for the Burgess role. Uh, and we see like the, the guy who's the current Burgess. Falmouth. Fal- Falmouth. No. Falmouth. Falmouth is the guy who wants to, who wants Ross in that position. And, and, so he he's walking around acting like, you know, everything's secure. But then we immediately see it flip where he's reminding people like, oh, you got loans to pay. You got contracts and stuff like that. And so like he may not have. Yeah, it. in the voting chambers, he's trying to play that. And we yeah. see that Ross is not. Ross basically says, I don't want to be a part of this sort of corrupt system. Right. So it's not in the bag for the Burgess as much as he thought. And that's where George is like positioning himself now as a potential upset. Uh, and. He he does get the vote. He does get the vote, right? Uh, George does because they meet at the bar. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you're here to congratulate yep. me, Ross." And Ross is like, "Yes." <laughs> uh, yep. And apparently, the whole job comes with the perk of a home in London, uh, which mm-hmm. George reassures him like he'll still be at uh, Trenwith as a summer home. May sell it. Who knows? That's true. And th- these two, it's like. 
this is just like a classic pro wrestling feud. This is just John Cena and Randy Orton. We could separate them, mm-hmm. but whenever they get in touch with each other, they're just like start saying something to the point where George is screaming, "Damn, damn you, damn your blood!" <laughs> I love that. I, I love that he hates. And, and then who is it? Who is, is it? Um, is it Falmouth that basically says like, or no, it's Bassett. Bassett says, "Dude, you got to stop." Like, yeah, this may ruin your political chances if you really want his blood. It's like you're really not endearing yourself to Cornwall. On top of the fact that you like fired a lot more people from your mine and cut wages. Yeah. And then we see, is it is it Pasco? But it's telling, though, it's, it's telling, though, that the one thing that really triggers George is when Ross says, I'll call Elizabeth. She's not, she, uh, and George says, she's not a Poldark. And he's like, she was. Damn you. Damn your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you really- Ross drops the mic as his, his entrance music hits and he's walking out yeah. with Pasco. Yeah, so Pasco basically says, like, I don't want to be enemies with these people, man. Like, I didn't vote for George. I would have if it was anyone else but George. <laughs> and Pascal's like, I do business with, with Bassett all the time. Like, mm-hmm. let's not make this a, a real thing. And, and we know that Bassett doesn't dislike Ross. Yeah. He, he wanted him so as his like own guy. So it seems like all these people, like, they really just need to put their feet down and be like, hey, stop, you know, don't bring your, don't air your dirty laundry so publicly. And granted, we do know the way George is acting is all because of this, you know, anger about Ross that's brewing in his brain. Yeah. About the parentage of of little Valentine. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, we, we glossed over that when Jeffrey Charles visits. He's like, is George around? No. But Valentine is. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Can we just have some cakes by the fire and some jam and stuff? Good times for Elizabeth and her child. Oh, Elizabeth is thrilled. Welcome home, boy. Yeah. But uh, anyways, as we were saying, though, the political thing, it ends with, yeah, a conversation of uh, Burgess saying, like, Ross, come on, man. This is this is for you. And, and Ross doesn't entirely tell him no because he, he kind of cuts through with saying, like, you know, you can drink the alcohol. You don't have to get drunk on it, Ross. Which. Yeah, but we also see that that uh, Falmouth is like, I don't think that the common man should have any power in the world. Right, <laughs> that's true. There, there's a reason and why Ross is like, are you power. serious? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Ross is thinking about things, though, for the first time, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, His, he's stirring. Not not uh, not quite enough. Not a quite, quite a ferocious I, stir. I get, but he's the, yeah, his, I get the feeling with how stable the mind situation seems to be right now. The only way forward is for him to get involved in politics. We got to see the story move forward some different way. P- oh, potentially, I could see that. All right. I mean, we're almost at the end of the season, so I feel like something big is going to change going forward. Yeah. You know, we see more Zaki as like his number two in this episode. Yeah, and Zaki. They they hire some more people, and they basically say go to like the forty level of the mine, this place that there might be some stuff to do, and. Mm-hmm. His idealism might come to bite him in the butt, but I feel like uh, on the other end of things, Demel's and Armitage are like still very close, and Armitage is not being shy about the fact that he 
wants to sleep with Demelza. He straight up says, like, it's tough to love the woman of the man who saved my life. Uh, And uh, she says, like, sorry, sorry, man. I don't know what I can do for you. (laughs) And he's like, this is real love. This is, and she's like, you're just being idealistic because, you know, you can't have it. It's forbidden. He's like, no, 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 no. This is something I want to do. Straight up. <laughs> I'm down. I mean, Demelza's very, like, I, I'm very pro Demelza as yeah. a character on the show. But if you're Armitage, you got money, you're young, you're handsome. It seems a little strange to fall in love with a, 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 a pauper turned mother of of three who it's not like she's just a normal woman i like how they kind of reference that in this episode where ross says oh yeah she she came from uh some dirty uh, like you know streets or whatever and, and armage is like huh wait, wait, wait run that back one more time <laughs> uh doesn't stop him he doesn't seem to care much yeah he he, he really just handled he doesn't even really actually acknowledge it <laughs> but it is a funny moment of, he doesn't even know where she comes from how dirty she once was yeah yeah i mean like i said demelza's great love demelza mm-hmm. but she so I, I there's something that tells me that armitage would be in a situation where like Roella would be throwing herself at him or like not not to say physically dip better looking but like uh st- status wise better looking better appearing for him maybe but he has to leave uh, as he mentions right he has to travel somewhere mm-hmm. is he going back to the army i think or is he going back to serve i for i wasn't 100% clear on his where eyesight going, is failing but... him either way and yeah he's going blind yeah he's he's telling her he doesn't got much time to stick around uh, Demelza sings a song that straight up is just saying, "Sorry, can't do it. My consolation is all you can have for me." <laughs> and, Ro- and and when the song ends, Ross is right behind her, clapping big, yeah. big emph- emphatic claps. It's a great moment for Ross. Did me proud. But Ross is not someone to really, uh, you know, be show stopping here and, and uh, trying to claim Demelza as his own because he goes to pay respects to Agatha and while he's roaming mm-hmm. around there he bumps into Elizabeth and what does, oh, yeah, what does yeah, he do this this is a this is a very frustrating scene where I think I think there's a lot of frustrated people in sexually pent up people it's just, <laughs> yes it's like these people that are like we like I said Demelza for someone like Armitage is something it doesn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. but Ross lucked out. She is popular, she's gorgeous. They have multi, a lot of kids, yeah. Um, they got a good life, and then he sees Elizabeth and he's like, Hey, I got an idea to get you out of your, your situation regarding the eight month child. Get pregnant again, baby. Get a, have another eight month child, and and Demel's is like, Huh? And he's like, I'm serious, this is gonna work, it, and she's. To be fair, his idea makes a little bit of sense. So the idea is that, you know, trip up and say that the baby is eight months, uh, you know, old when when you birth it. But that way it'll come across as, oh, the eight-month children that you birth are magically very well-prepared and, and, you know, have a full mm-hmm. heads of hair. Uh, it will make George feel uh, reassured. that. But then I think Ross makes the little bit of a physical implication that he'll, he'll father that kid too. Does he? I didn't. I didn't feel that entirely. 
Eh, I mean, he, he kisses her on the mouth. Well, you know, he just can't control himself. Once he starts kissing, she's going to get them all. She's going to get all his kisses. Uh, and they do a neat thing, though, where... Well, Prudy witnesses this, by the way. Prudy, who's just walking around... And she just happens... How many times has this happened in the show where someone just happens to be in the right place at the right time being like, oh, hey, Ross. Prudy, too. She sees people... She sees Drake flexing in the in the stream, uh-huh. washing his pecs. Yep. She sees this happen. She's... she's She and, and Ozzy Whitworth are the peepers. Ah, they are they are creeping on the down low. Because uh, she doesn't even make a mention of this yet. Uh we think that hopefully Ross will get ahead of it in a really good scene where he's talking. Oh, fan- phenomenal scene. Yeah. This is one of the best scenes of the show. And then the way they play it is so good, too. Yeah. We'll break it down, Dave. Ross, is it Ross and Demelza are talking. Mm-hmm. And then Demelza's like, there's something in the air. We need to, like, we got to hash something out. And then he's like, oh, no, he says, I saw Elizabeth and talked to her. And he goes, I kissed her. And then he says, and it made me feel like it wasn't a kiss of love. It was a kiss of lost love, of the ghost of a love. Yeah. And he basically goes on this great little monologue about how Demelza taught him to grow up and all this stuff. Right. And, that he loved her. You know, he's not making these same mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's learned. He's not a little boy anymore. But but then it does like a snap cut that he said it. it he didn't actually say any of these things. He's like, it's like, I think we got to get ready to go. Yeah, it's all the words he wants to say, but doesn't say them. Uh, and you're just sitting. Uh, I don't know. For me, I was sitting there like, "Come on, Ross, just just get it off your chest, dude." Say it, man. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna avoid a whole a whole bunch of trouble if you were just say that now. And unfortunately, he he didn't. Um. Yeah. So Prudy's probably gonna say something at some point. Uh. But not before Demelza can say something. Right. Because she asked that Ross at the end of this episode. Would it be okay if I were to hook up with another man? <laughs> like, I just want to try it out. It's, it's, I think this is such an interesting diversion mm-hmm. because we know, like, we, like, we, I just said a minute ago, there's so much, like, misguided sexual tension in this season of the show between Elizabeth and Ozzy Whitworth and Drake and Morwenna and Ross and Demelza and Armitage. Um, that that Demelz is like, I just feel like two people, and one of those people is madly in love with you, and the other just kind of wants to be with somebody. Mm-hmm. And and Ross is like, do you think being with somebody would would like put out that flame and that need? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And Ross <laughs> is like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe let's. Uh, I'm not thrilled with it, out. but if it works for you. And he, like, I think and he, is, yes. this, is this guy did I save this guy's life <laughs> yeah would this guy be fine if it was just once maybe <laughs> uh, and he starts filling out the hall pass he's like uh, I'm gonna sign your name here right right uh, would you gloss over that uh, there's a good bit with Caroline and uh, Dwight where they say we should put a sack over Armitage's head and get him out of here this is just bad for business mm-hmm uh, I mean, those are the broad strokes of this episode. We glossed over that. There's the moment where Morwenna gets to see Jeffrey Charles again. They're happy to see each other. Do you miss walking on the coast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean... Things we do for love. Yeah. Anything else, though? I think that's really the the bulk of the episode. Y- oh, we see that. I mean, just we talked about the Warlegan miners that got unemployed. 
They're walking 12 miles to get to Wheel Grace. So it was real rough. <laughs> Uphill both ways, barefoot, in the snow. Yeah, man. That, that's not great. <laughs> it's not great for business. Yeah. But was, was this a good episode, Dave? Do you feel ready, primed, and pumped for the finale? I do. I feel like there's so many um, loose ends to tie up that I'm very excited for it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm ready to see yeah, where they go. I want to see them kick it off in an entirely new direction because I feel like there's a little bit of going through the motion here, spinning the wheels towards the end of the season right now. So let's set sails in the new direction. Ever since they've captured or recaptured Dwight, it feels like it's kind of settled back into a pattern. Yeah, this isn't like Downton Abbey, Lord Merton and Cora, exist the exact same plot, copy-paste situation, but some of the undertones feel a little same as we go through, but yeah. I thought this was a phenomenal episode between the moment of Ross like not saying what he was thinking and, and Rowella being so... Uh, forward with I think that there's there's a lot going on there it's it's upsetting to watch but it's riveting at the same time and I appreciate them taking the chance to do that thing with uh, Ross delivering that monologue and then jump cutting to re- the reality of things it's not something they've really done in the show before but I, I really like that they're doing something a little bit different and still comes across mm-hmm. as really effective yeah yeah it, it's a good tee up for the finale yeah absolutely well we got power rankings. Mm-hmm. I'll just start off, Dave. Yeah, you start. Who's going down? Number three, I got Sam. So do I. This... The guy can't learn, man. And that's not how you do a marriage proposal. You don't just follow someone around and when they turn around say, hey, you want to get married? Because of God? <laughs> <laughs> can I make you a godly woman out of you? And she's like, no, I like drinking and cussing. He's like, but can I make a godly woman out of you she says no and he goes but let, let me say it slowly yeah can i make a godly woman I'll make a godly woman out, out, out of you. you come on i can't do his accent to save my life uh, irish bob dylan do you? <laughs> i swear i want to make you an honest woman anyways uh number two i got george going down going down okay this guy curses ross and his blood even if he got elected to the burgess role he's still very much upset in reconciling with the fact that this child may not be his. He's freezing out Elizabeth. Uh, I don't think, I mean, he's kind of not all that present in this episode for a lot of it, uh, which is strange for him considering how heavy he is. He's just in a bad spot, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's go- well, number two going down, I got I got Ross. Okay. Because this man, he's he's a... He's a ship without a captain, you know? He's kind of floating around. He does this thing with Elizabeth where he, he definitely... The, the, as he says in this fake monologue that doesn't actually happen, it's not because he wants to, to be with her. It's like this sort of sending the, the past back to the past moment for him. But it's still a bad move. Should not have kissed her on the mouth. Um He's not he's not taking kind you know, like all these people are like, dude, you gotta change, you gotta get into this. And he's like, Yeah, but I can't be broken. My will can't be broken. I can't be corrupted like that. It's like, dude, you're fairly corrupted by your moral code as it is. Like, you're not some beacon of, of, of he's like, hope and honesty. Ross is like the prettiest school the prettiest girl at the school dance and, and everyone's too shy to dance with her because of mm-hmm. just uh I don't know. 
they're intimidating. <laughs> he, it, it's not that he has like the, a terrible week, but it's like he can't articulate himself to his wife, and he's gonna wind. It's gonna wind up costing him because Prudy saw him kissing Elizabeth. Yep. And it's just one of those things where you know, like, get it together, Ross. Let's get back on the straight and narrow. You haven't been the same since you came back from war. Oh, we did. We did gloss over France. though the, the the scene of deduction between Elizabeth and Ross, where they're trying to figure out who could have told George about the child. Who else was there that night? Agatha. Oh shoot. Oh man, you think she heard everything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. She heard everything. R.I.P. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Uh, well, number one going down, I don't know. For me, it's pretty obvious, but it's Morwenna, man. This is just... It's got to be Morwenna. There's no other way. As rough as it gets. And it, when they say, uh, when she says that, or they tell her, oh, six weeks where he doesn't have to hook up with you, she's like, I wish it was six ages. <laughs> like, regrets everything about this. And honestly, have you reached a stage where enough time has passed that maybe she could just get away from this guy and get with Drake? Like... Who cares anymore? This is, you're miserable. Your life is ruined. Yeah, and yeah. at risk because this guy is that terrible to you. Oh, well, that's that. Who's going up for you, Dave? Well, number three. This is. I feel like the, this was a very difficult upward week to do. Oh, I had more difficulty with the, with the down. Okay. Well, I gave number three going up to Rowena. Okay. Because Rowella. I think she's making. Rowella. Rowella. <laughs> Cruella. I think Rowella is making moves to help her sister. And I think that she is playing Ozzy like a fool. And something tells me Morwenna might not be, or rather, Ozzy might not be a widower, but Rowena might be a widow by the end of this season. We'll see. Morwenna, you mean, maybe a widow. Or, I mean, whatever O W E sister. Okay, I said. All right. Well, number three, I got Jeffrey Charles. The boy has gone to, to school, black, baby. and you know what? They're everyone. Everyone's like presently surprised. Oh, he, you know, he hasn't turned out like sideways or anything because of school. He's doing just fine. But it, Francis does tell Ross that his, uh, or George tells Ross that Jeffrey Charles is taking after his father and not paying attention in school. The kid's living it up. He's living his best life. And he gets to have some cakes when he's back. He's seeing his friends around town. Uh, he's making job offers to his boy. <laughs> Be my squire. He's got he's got things in motion, this kid. You know? Yeah, sure. He's got gumption. So, GC at number three for me. All right. Well, you had him going down, but I got George at number two because I think this Burgess win is a big deal. Okay. And we see that he's already playing his current role with Whitworth, who's trying to say that, you know, I want this position, use our family power to get it. And George is like, slow your roll, bud. Like, we, I know he's going through a lot with Elizabeth, but purely based on merit, he's he big win. Big win. And George, if Ross goes to town to gloat because he lost, and then he doesn't lose. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that is true. Take the good with the bad for George. Mm-hmm. Well, at number two, you had her at number three. I got Ruella because uh, she firmly has Ozzy Whitworth. Is he Ozzy or just Osborne or Vicar? I like how he has so many names that people call him. Whitworth, 
Osborne. I think his sure. his name is Osborne, but Ozzy's a nickname of Osborne. Right. But she firmly has him in her grasp because the way she keeps referring to him as Vicar, I think she knows it gets under his skin a little bit or like really mm-hmm. gets at something that triggers something within him. And I don't think Whitworth knows what he's walking into yet because she seems oh, very not capable. not in the slightest. Yeah. Um, so good on Rowella. She's uh, I also like the scene where they, they, she show, they show her like bursting her her dress but it's just like a reveal of almost like another dress underneath i understand that was like the custom for yeah, like, but look at this more clothes <laughs> but she she just puts him she's like sit down i'm gonna sit on your lap boing and he's like oh <laughs> ah, get out of here dude well who's number one for you dave i got the mel's at number one okay all right because this is uh i think this is an episode where she is constantly she she's making emotional moves mm-hmm. to show that she's mature. She throws the the doodle off the cliff. She sings the song that basically basically says, "Stop trying to be with me. You can't do it. Yeah. I'm married." And then she's mature enough when Ross is not to say, "There's something we need to talk about." Sometimes I just want to go sleep with Hugh Armitage, and I really think you should let me do it for the sake of our marriage. Where Ross can't say. I did behave poorly, but I learned from behaving poorly that I won't do it again. She's like, can I go behave poorly, please? <laughs> she is the most, she is so much more mature than Ross. Yeah. Emotionally. That she can plainly state that she wants to hook up with another man and make it seem like a, reason, a reasonable, like, su- But the way that she says it, I think is she's like, look, I'm in love with you and I love the life that we have, but I just can't, part of me is saying that I need this experience to cleanse my soul and you bought into it dave you were like yeah i bought into it yeah you could go do that go run around <laughs> well not run around the lot run run to and fro one okay. time yeah you get you get your hall pass yes just once yep well so who do you have at number one then for me it's the man who's making the house calls is dr love dwight <laughs> ennis this guy... Wait, he's just cashing checks? <laughs> just cashing checks, and he's totally shaking off the effects of the, the war. He's in full duty doing his job, and I think it's important that we see George going to him instead of Dr. Choke. No mention of Dr. Choke. He's going directly to, to mm-hmm. Dwight for his intel on the baby. Well, Dwight baby. delivered the baby. He did That's d- why deliver he the baby, but he also... I think respects what his opinion may be. It seems like there's a little, there's less of a him talking down to Dwight and maybe it's just because of sensitivity mm-hmm. of the matter. Um, but then also Dwight just telling Whit- Whitworth what you got to do here and eventually getting through the Whitworth, Whitworth, you got to stop, man. <laughs> She's going to die. If you keep trying to do what you do, what you're doing. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. It's very effective. <laughs> and also he's, he's having fun with Caroline saying we need to bag this, this boy, this armage boy, get him out of here. Uh, Got he seems to be like the guy that is touching all of the plots, but he's not directly involved in any of them. So he can just sort of sit back and be like, this place is crazy. <laughs> he's And he really just comes across as a stand-up guy when he's just telling Ross, man, I've been through it. And Ross is like, is that so? Yeah, I, I can't tell you, man. He's like, remember <laughs> that time last season when that woman was murdered because of me? <laughs> yeah. And also, like how far he's come, and, and and the respect shown to this man, he he has to inspect everyone's wife and everything, and then he's just got to go about his business about his day. And and there was so much fear in Caroline and 
Dwight getting married that this would be some huge social eruption of like mm-hmm. you know the, the sort of class clash between Dwight and Caroline but it seems everyone's cool with it everyone's yeah. like alright this guy's cool I like him keep him around Dr. Love man Dwight that's big win <laughs> good for him he's, he's got the cure you're thinking of he, it's called six weeks of abstinence <laughs> <laughs> he's bounced back baby <laughs> uh, alright well that's this week on Poldark that's this week Dave, you been watching anything else? Well, it took me a couple days beyond our recording, but I'm mm-hmm. I am up to snuff on the rehearsal on HBO, and it is it is something, isn't it, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked about last week's first episode, uh, but the second episode takes it into another turn where it feels like the show is just going to get even more warped uh, than the premiere even suggested. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. So the first episode is standalone, so I feel like the next maybe one or two more we're going to be dealing with this current situation. So for the premise, for those that are unaware, mm-hmm. is this comedian is taking real people and rehearsing anxiety-inducing situations in their life to the point that they shouldn't be stressed going into it. Yeah. So he is amidst a three-month experience with a woman in episode two where she wants to have children... But she's afraid because she's a little older Mm -hmm. and she hasn't found a partner. So now we are still in the infant stage of this. But I I have a feeling this is going to get crazy. Yeah, it's a wild show. And yeah, last week I recommended the episode to everyone. I don't know if I'd recommend the second episode to everyone. It's it's getting weirder. But it well, this was it was so funny though. Oh, it's I, great. I mean, it's it's definitely our breed of humor. But if, yeah. I don't know if that speaks to everybody. But if it does, if it if you like a little subversive, a little strange, but very real because it's mm-hmm. rooted in real people, then you get this is worth a shot. If you got HBO for Gilded Age, yeah. What about you, Corey? Anything on your wheelhouse? Uh, something that would probably be more. Uh of interest to our listeners abroad. I've been watching the summer. I turned pretty on Amazon prime. <laughs> uh, okay. Adapted from a book series by the woman who did, um, uh, to all the boys I loved, which is that Netflix movie. Uh, so it's, uh, about a girl staying at her summer home with her family and this other family that they usually stay with, uh, half Asian, but that's all like part of the background, which is really cool. But, uh, yeah, it's just a nice summertime show. It's uh, very enjoyable and just has me thinking, what what was the summer that I turned pretty? Uh, I, I don't know. Still waiting on it, maybe. Yeah, you're going to sprout uh, golden locks. <laughs> yeah, my hair comes back. Uh, I think, yeah, the summer I turned pretty is when I finally decided to shave my head for once and for all. Yeah, okay. Uh, how about you, Dave? Do you have a summer that you turned pretty? No. <laughs> It's all variations of the same. It was in the winter time. Aesthetic over, over the yeah. It definitely would be more of a fall or a spring. Yeah, when you grew your beard out for the first time and really stuck with it. Yeah, freshman year of college. There you go. Yeah. Sure. But very entertaining show. I recommend it. All right. Yeah. Aside from that, you all know where to find us: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We got all our podcasts on the Lords of Grantham Podbean website. Uh, yep. always hit us up at lordsgrantham at gmail.com and leave a five star rating or review if you so choose on iTunes and Spotify aside from that we'll catch you next time on the pod alright yeah.